Welcome to Paradox Walk Podcast, specializing in supernatural activity, paranormal activity, UFOs, cryptids, anything completely out of the ordinary, unexplainable events. Today's episode, I will focus mostly on people that have had near-death experiences and have claimed to have seen they see a reorganization wheel. And a few comments about time. What could be happening with time? Is time an actual thing or is it just a byproduct of space and consciousness kind of running through space like a uh, like an old-fashioned tape recorder runs through tape or a needle on a vinyl record just kind of reads the rec- record but could time and space be more like the vinyl on the album and the needle on the record is like our consciousness where kind of uh, jumping around like a needle would on a record the idea of time and whereas time doesn't seem to be anything anybody can put their finger on and kind of point to you know so that's an interesting thing um in the same way but does that mean it's actually not there because you know we can't point a finger at a song but it's there you can't show me anything inside of an mp3 player that is a song you can show me sheet music and notes but that's not song that's just the ink on a page is not the song so um maybe that's kind of how time is it's just something that kind of develops when you have consciousness and space so what these people are seeing they they report seeing a wheel and it and a lot of people seem to report the same exact thing they seem to say that it has like these water paddles which is an interesting thing to have for for something that flip-flops through time is water weird they call it the nde wheel like near-death experience wheel ezekiel the prophet from the bible claimed to have seen a wheel inside of another wheel and that's uh interesting i'm not gonna comment or put my own something that I don't know much about. So I'm just going to go ahead and read the first account here. Um, As usual, I'm going to cut out all the lead-in stuff and just get straight to the story. So this is, quote, on the 15th of July, 2013, at 7.45 in the morning, I was on my way to work approaching an intersection and getting ready to take a left-hand turn. It's a notoriously dangerous intersection on any day, and there have been many accidents there. I was running late in a flustered state of mind. So this person goes on to tell more about the traffic signal but i'm just gonna get straight to the story and i looked to the right and believe i correctly viewed that nothing was approaching from them right so i started to make a left turn as i crossed the intersection i glanced right once more and saw a vehicle heading straight for me what could only have been in the excess of 90 miles an hour we saw each other i saw the vehicle heading straight for me we saw each other and i saw the look in the other guy's eyes because we were that close a collision was absolutely inevitable there was no way on earth that this could have been avoided What happens next is extremely difficult to describe, but I'll do my best. And this can be, and must be, taken to apply to everything that I'm going to attempt to relate from this point onwards. Words, even the most carefully chosen words, capture no more than 1% of this experience at best, and even then poorly. This is quite possibly the most frustrating thing about this given account. Across from the front of the car on the left is... In almost the opposite direction to the oncoming vehicle was a field. I suddenly became aware of a very large object in quotes, approaching slowly on a diagonal across this field. It was coming directly towards my car. Time was not functioning normally while this was happening. If it was functioning at all, I had the space to notice this happening, but I can't explain how I was able to do that. The object, when I first saw it, appeared to be about the size of a 10-floor tower block. I think he means like a 10-floor building? I don't know. It subjectively seemed to be about two or 300 yards across the field. These size and distance descriptions are meaningless, as I'll try to explain in a moment. 
The object resembled a giant water wheel laying on its side and rotating as it approached me and my vehicle. As I got closer, this didn't take time as we understand it. I saw that my first observation about its size was wildly inaccurate. It was more like the size of a small city. As it got closer still, I understood that all scale and distance estimates were meaningless. It was larger than we think of as the world. Aware of its power and significance, my mind interpreted this as being an up-close, giant-scale, physical object. Okay, now this is the part that is particularly difficult to explain. As the object drew near me, a kind of sensation came over my person, and I knew exactly what this thing was. Not only that, but I knew everything that pertained to it. What it was, what it was doing, what its business was with me, where and when I had seen it before why I was seeing it now, and many, many other things that I cannot now recall. I had seen the object before I was born, and I will see it again when I die. We all knew it before we were born. We will all see it when we die. But this information is eclipsed from us while we are alive. And that is why I was seeing it now in the experience, because I was in the process of dying in a fatal car crash. Here is what I can remember, as best words can tell. This wheel wasn't something that moved across me towards the world or through reality somehow. This was an illusion that my senses were constructing for me. This wheel was reality itself. It represented every conceivable reality for a life or a world that could ever be envisioned or imagined. As it approached, I became aware that what we call our world was contained within it. It was simply one of the numberless slots or paddles in the water wheel. It had always been so. My life, your life, our world, all of us, we were part of this wheel structure, and and we had always been part of this structure. It simply now made itself visible to me. There then began the truly terrifying dimension of this experience. Words cannot even begin to describe the level of fear I experienced. The water wheel sort of rolled across me, and then across the place where my car was in the road. As it did so, I began to be hit by each of the paddles in the wheel. Remember that all of this was just a way of talking. It does not and cannot remotely describe the real situation as it actually was, but some sense of it can be had by imagining that in the space of each paddle, he puts in quotes, there was this kind of spinning film of water, like a waterfall on its side. Imagine a film of water being thrown outward from the wheel in each slot, as if by centrifugal force. Imagine being slapped or splashed by each of these films as you collide with it and pass through it, and then on to the next one. This is what was happening, except these weren't just films of water. They were, for want of a better term, possible realities, or what we might think of as universes or worlds. Again, our world, the entire universe as we normally think about it, was simply one among an infinite number of these. How did I know that there was an infinite number? I just did. A kind of knowing came with the event, and there was no doubting this knowing. It was so, and I knew it was so. And because I had the knowledge and understood what was happening in ways I can no longer communicate, I was afraid. I understood that I was about to be subject to the process that humans approximated with the term reincarnation. This is why the wheel had come. I represented a kind of discrepancy that had to be fixed. The event, or perhaps the imminent event, on the highway had caused me to slip out or out of or fall between the paddles on the wheel. The structure had some kind of cosmic purpose of sorting these things into their correct natural place. 
I was afraid and resisted being sorted, so the wheel stepped up its aggressive attempts to sort me correctly. With this came another understanding that frightened me even more. I knew that unless I soon selected one of these realities to slide back into, that the wheel would coerce the situation by deciding for me. One way or another, I would be sorted, whether I liked it or not. If I didn't choose for myself, I would simply be fitted into another place at the nearest position on the wheel. To the point where I failed to make the decision, if that makes sense, I was aware of having a limited ability to choose, but not too much. Even that limited ability wasn't much use because each reality slammed against me and through me before I could even make much sense of what it contained. Even I did not remain the same from one slot in the wheel to the next. It was as if each film broke over me. I was destroyed and made again from the ground up as if a completely new self. There was no continuous me that traveled unaltered through that wheel and can somehow report back on this experience. This is just one of the many things that is so very hard to explain. The very idea of a continuous self was contradicted by this experience. I have forgotten, or perhaps it was de deliberately suppressed, the vast majority of what I saw in the various universes or paddles of the wheel. At the beginning, they seem very similar to this world we inhabit or believe ourselves to inhabit. For example, I have a floating memory of seeing various different scenarios of how the accident played out. I suspect that these are all nearby paddles on the wheel, and one of them I remember seeing what looked like my vehicle thrown right off the road and so badly damaged that it looked like it had been folded in the center by like a pocket knife. I seem to recall many other scenarios like this that I can no longer remember. To clarify, what I mean is that it seemed to file or flip through numerous conceivable and then he puts in like parentheses quantum question mark possibilities for the outcome of the accident. I can remember doing this, but I cannot remember what any of these particular worlds contained. I have no explanation for why I failed to experience any of the phenomena usually reported with the imminent death situations like the tunnel, the light, and so on. I suspect that imminent death experiences are symbolic scenarios that flash up just as someone is entering or exiting the wheel, but before the situation has developed very far. At no stage did I see anything, whatever, that resembled what we humans would think of as of an afterlife or spirit world or life after death realm. It's as if we're either on the outer surface of the wheel itself, in one of its realized worlds, or else we are dead, and we are the wheel itself. The wheel is a space where all uncreated possibility exists, but nothing completed or actual. And bear in mind that nothing was concealed from me. I was the all and knew the all. I certainly don't retain it or pretend to, but I knew it then. I began to grow extremely panicked. Each time I thought I was just beginning to get a handle on things, I would be slapped over violently and ruthlessly into a new slot in the wheel, and a whole new me would crystallize, along with all the memories and assumptions that went along with that world. I remembered none of who I was just a moment ago in another paddle on the wheel. I had no memory whatsoever of where I had come from or the highway situation in my world. I had zero memory of that world. I knew I had come from somewhere but had no recollection of where that was, or even who I was. It was about the most bizarre thing you could imagine. Somehow, though, and I can only assume that it happened without any conscious action on my part, the possibilities appearing in the wheel began to narrow down and become somewhat more familiar again. Scenarios associated with the accident began to appear once more. I say once more, but I have no real way of knowing whether this was a separate incidence of this. 
to what I had described above or whether it was really the same incidents because time was functioning so unusually during the whole episode. Again, I saw or seemed to see various or possible world outcomes where I died in the crash. I seemed to understand intuitively that if I went into any of these, I would be there for only a few moments or minutes at most, and then I would have to come out and face the wheel again almost immediately. I didn't want to do this, but there seemed to be an odd kind of knowing associated with that. The wheel didn't seem bothered one way or another. It didn't seem to matter to it whether I emerged again in three minutes' time or three decades' time. All it cared about was sorting me. And there was a kind of ruthlessness to this that I will not soon forget. I found myself back on the highway in what seemed to be a very short distance back up the road, still approaching the intersection. This is just one of the many mysteries associated with the event that I cannot explain. Did I choose a world which was a version of our universe in which the accident hadn't quite happened yet, but it was just seconds away from happening? I can't say because I have no memory of making that decision. I just remember the look on that driver's face as clearly as if it were yesterday. I remember him bracing back on the wheel, but I braked as I reached the intersection and that driver or his car were simply nowhere to be seen. So this story has a few like it and a few comments underneath the ones that are like it. So another similar story starts off like this, quote, I'm curious if anybody has had a near-death experience where they experienced the wheel, he puts in quotation marks, or she, I don't know who it is. Whatever the thing was, I perceived it as an impossibly huge wheel on its side. Its paddles seemed to slosh energy, and each paddle represented a possible timeline where I could be resorted. It was aware, but non-human, mechanical, determined, impossibly powerful, like a core engine of our reality. It's my belief that I died in a car accident in 2013. This is a different person in August of 2013. While I was no longer incarnate, I was in limbo, and the wheel approached, continually spinning. It would pull me, in parentheses, unwillingly, but I didn't fight it because I knew it was useless to struggle, into a timeline. I would be rebuilt physically, physically, psychically. And then if something didn't feel right about the timeline, my being would instantly crumble and I'd see the wheel spinning again until I was sucked back into another timeline. Felt like pages of a book being flipped frantically. This repeated an unknown number of times until I finally fit a timeline. At this point, things blacked out and I didn't have a conscious thought until I woke up sharply inhaling in my car, not mangled by the vehicle which had originally slammed directly into my car door. It had now slammed into my front driver's side wheel, and the axle and frame of the car took the brunt of the hit. I'm surprised I remember the sorting wheel. In my research, others have experienced it or something similar. Maybe I experienced it at my core. I refuse to reincarnate again without good reason. I also refuse to let the powers at B do the white light tunnel meeting dead loved ones thing. I don't want to be tricked into mindlessly doing this incarnation thing again. Could be I experienced the wheel because I refuse traditional experiences. Anyway, anyone experience an NDE? Anyone ever see the sorting wheel? Question mark. So this other one, I didn't even go through those comments yet, but there's another one that, that uh, kind of talked about getting sick. And this is what he said, quote, I said, I don't feel so good and collapsed right there. I, w I was passed out, but I also saw this large wheel that reminded me of an old movie film reel. 
It was floating in space, blue sparkled background with bits of white and silver everywhere. I could feel myself being pulled to one of the images on the reel when suddenly I was in that image. I was walking down a street, looking out into a amber horizon on the on a sidewalk. After about 10 seconds, I knew something wasn't right and tried to pull myself out of it as though I was waking from a dream. I saw streaks of static across my vision and clicked into the next reel, another life of mine, but it wasn't right. One real click after the other from 10 seconds to seven, five, four, three, two, one, and then rapid fire. And I screamed in this world and in my natural one, me lying there passed out on the floor screaming, trying to get back to reality. Eventually I found the correct real image and woke up. Here's another one. This is going to sound bizarre, but I had a nightmare a few months after an NDE near death experience when I was about 11 or 12 don't know if this lines up, but your story unearthed the memory. So here we go. Sum it up attempt. A solid iron rod, like two inches thick, struck me in the face, dropping me where I stood. My sister said I was lying there not breathing, for what she said felt like an eternity, but couldn't have been more than a minute. Suddenly, she said I sprang up screaming, scaring her after death, ran into the house. Most I remember was looking up before the pipe hit and then being in the car on the way to the hospital. The dream, from what I can remember, I'm 31 now... I was in a void save for a spinning wheel or ladder that I was hanging on to by the sides. I couldn't see the whole thing I was hanging on, but inside the openings of the wheel ladder thing, he puts like wheel, wheel slash ladder were different places slash times. I didn't think much of it while I was desperately, I think he means like hanging from one reality window to the next. The word he uses is clambering. I, I don't know. I guess he was like hanging on to the, to the reality window. I mean, he was like hanging on from one to the next, seemingly looking for my home, he says. My reality. Climbing up, down, left, right had little meaning in that place. Whatever the ladder was, it was spinning. And there was an understanding that I was clinging to it outside of time. That's interesting. Now I think of it, this is Around the same time, I started wondering in the back of my mind that I had slipped into a different reality, that everything felt off just slightly, and only certain things would be obvious to me as being wrong from what I had previously known. For example, Pisces' astrological sign from what I remembered before, as was used for cancer and vice versa. This isn't something I messed up. We had a giant astrology book as kids, and I would always be flipping through it. Doctor said, very lucky it wasn't more serious that I didn't have a concussion, just a severe headache and 16 stitches in my face. I was told while being sewn up that the pipe, if the pipe had struck higher, I'd definitely be dead. That I wasn't in a coma at least was miraculous. I've tried asking my parents about it and other high strange experiences, but they usually just laugh it off. So a point I wanted to get back to was the idea of time being something you can't exactly nail down to anything. And so this is a comment that I wrote. It says, I just listened to Matt at Quantum of Conscious say, in the 1960s, Olympics recorded time down to a tenth of a second. For example, like 9.2. Then later in the 80s, they added it down to the hundredth, the 9.25. Now they can record things down to the thousandth of a second, 9.259 or something like that. You know, like, so he uses that as an example that we'd never get to anything that we can hold down to a moment. And to us, that implies that time itself is kind of like a farce or a fake idea, at least as anything substantial that we can like hold in our hand or put into use or control it. 
Now, the second idea that I kind of noticed was that there's there's no such thing as a clock that actually gives you a measurement of real, what you would call time. Every clock can be changed by the energy going in and out of it or a quartz wiggling back and forth or something. It, it, like There's never anything that actually measures time, right? The idea for this came when I saw a news article. I looked for it again, and it, it's, I don't know how it ended up impossible to find things on the internet after like 2016, but I remember hearing the story of there was one day somewhere around 2012 or so that a bunch of people in Italy showed up to work, I don't know, like a half hour, 15 minutes early or something. And the explanation for this, because it was people that like didn't know any, they didn't know each other. They didn't, you know, necessarily all work at the same place, but dozens and dozens of people, or maybe even hundreds of people all in one day just showed up to work early. They showed up to work the same amount early. The explanation for this was at some point in the electrical fields of their wall sockets, either the voltage or the amperage was up a small percentage, and that made their clocks run quicker. But this was in the time of cell phones, so that, I didn't, I don't know, maybe there were people that didn't look at their cell phones much or something. That made me think, like, the volts or the amperage increasing makes the clock run faster. So it doesn't make time go faster, it just makes the illusion of the clock reading time go faster so what's what's what are clocks really measuring clocks are really measuring the amount of energy that's escaping from a battery or escaping from the wall socket or it's getting updated nowadays from a uh, you know the grand server in the sky that they claim is running off an atomic clock well atomic clock doesn't do anything different than any other clock it just has like a self-correction uh, with uh, quartz. It's just quartz. It just measures quartz wiggling back and forth. Some kind of cesium atom or something like corrects it when it detects if the quartz loses energy. So there's nothing that you can point to that's like this clock is actually measuring time. What a clock is really doing, like the clock on your wall is measuring energy escaping from a battery. If the battery starts weakening that energy coming out, the clock's going to run slower. If you boost that battery to where it's like really kicking, that clock is going to run fast. Even a sundial is just measuring light and shadow. It's not measuring actual real time. There's nothing you can like grab and hold in your hand that you can call time. So yeah, there's nothing we can actually point to that there's no there's no such thing as a clock that actually measures real time. Weird, right? And to think that what that guy called some grand engine of reality that seems to be able to move people in and out of not just different time, but it seemed like different dimensions using what they claim to appear to be water. Really interesting, right? So I'd like to thank everybody for checking out the podcast. My Patreon is patreon.com slash paradoxwalk. Um, any crazy stories you have, um, I'd love to hear glitch in a matrix type things or anything supernatural. Even really, really out of the ordinary dreams or anything or cryptids, UFOs, all kinds of stuff. I'll, I'll check out any stories at paradoxwalkpodcast at protonmail.com. I'd like to thank my first Patreon, Roxy. The music is Downbeat 88. The opening track is called The Dark. The, the final track track for the credits and stuff is called moment of peace and my rss feed is in the descriptions at 
redcircle.com and i'm also on spotify amazon stitcher bitshoot and youtube have a good day thanks for checking it out bye